This is the Canucks Central Post Game Show. Held it by Toffoli, right wing, into the slot for Dubé, left side, Lindholm scores! Big goal for Elias Lindholm, just 38 seconds into the third period. And the Flames are on the board, it's a 2-1 hockey game. Surprise, he can't clear. Hannafin keeps it alive with the blue line, sweeps it to the net, Kadri in front, scores! Nazem Kadri at the top of the crease as the Canucks fail to clear the zone. With the instant reaction from the players and coaches. Here is Toffoli, he's a Canuck killer, he needs to score wide onto the left wing. In on Demko, shoots the Canuck goaltender, stopped him. Vancouver wins, and they stick a dagger into the hearts of the Flames' playoff hopes. On the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Playoff hopes almost up in flames for Calgary, and this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar about to welcome in our good friend Brett Festerling calling the game alongside Brandon Bachelor tonight. A 3-2 thrilling Canucks shootout victory over the Calgary Flames. And as always, get your thoughts into our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. You can also grab a phone line, 604-280-0650. You're toll-free, 1-888-275-0650. And for a game the Calgary Flames had to have, well, they did try to mount a comeback in the third. Pushed it to overtime, but considering what was at stake for Calgary... Vancouver was simply the better team tonight for most of, for most of the game. Yeah, I mean, we we kind of talked about it behind the scenes a little bit. Like, where where was Calgary to start, really? you, re- I really thought they were going to come out and just try to push the Canucks around and really impose that bigger physical ready-for-the-playoff team, and they really didn't until, you know, halfway through the third. So. They did push. Yeah. And... Look, I'm still buzzing from that OT. That was one of the more remarkable OTs you're ever going to see. And they didn't have a goal. Yeah. They were just flying all over the place. But, again, that, that third period in OT, like, that was super entertaining. And finally that push from Calgary came. And, yeah, I, I look at the Canucks. They took the punch, and you carried on the rest of that period. And then you get that OT opportunity. That, to me, is the thing here that, that you take out of this. Yeah, you can play spoiler, but, you know, the, their self-preparation has been talked about so much. And, their mental strength has been talked about so much here in the last week. They were there to take the punch, and they rose to the occasion, but come out the rest of the way too. Well, they certainly do. And one of the things that we kind of you know talk about with Vancouver was how they play under the new head coach. And you know the coach wasn't too happy with some of their efforts recently. Now they did shut out Chicago the other night, but overall, how they played tonight from a team defense standpoint, for the most part, they didn't really give Calgary too much quality outside of a few chances here and there. Yeah, Bat started the third, I think, and he said Calgary 27, Canucks 25. It didn't feel like 27 shots to me. Really, like, in my mind, they were kind of 15 perimeter. There was a couple in close when they got some of the heavy body cycling in the second there. But other than that, they didn't really have a lot of sustained pressure or good chances. A player like no, Andre, they didn't. Uh, a player like Andre Kuzmenko. Yeah. Now, he didn't play a lot in the third period. i, I got to bring up how many shifts he actually got in that third. But then thrust into the OT role. You know, the, the, the actions always are superior to the messaging at times. And I'm just curious, like, the mindset of a player like that. Now, he's got a great disposition about it. and He's always chipper. But I, I'm just curious, like, the mindset of a player in that moment. Yeah, it, it's, you know, like, he's not – he's obviously mad during the third because he's going to hate that scenario but then it's just ironic how it comes full circle right and then uh, here you go here's your chance and he lives up to it so I mean Doc's going to love that 
that's the thing. Is he's, he's, I don't know what he's trying to do, if he's punishing, sending a message, whatever that uh, issue is. But the fact that he gets to score the winner and play the spoiler, Talk's going to love that he rose to that occasion. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to enjoy it. Because, I mean, you saw, uh, you know, with Kuzmenko, I mean, he played, what, 11 minutes tonight? Did he even get 11 minutes of ice time by the end of it? It's, you know, but he, he gets tapped in the shootout. I did want to get your thoughts, though, on Akita Hirose. We talked about him on the pregame show and how these young defensemen were playing. And what has stood out to us watching him, Brett, has been, his details, right? He's good along the boards. He knows how to seal a guy. He knows how to use a stick to win puck battles. What did you see in his game tonight? Yeah, his positioning and his awareness of the opposition, specifically his guys. A big tell for me watching a young D-man is if he looks like he's following a guy or chasing around to get in position. In no point did I see Hirose looking like he was trying to chase or figure out where his guy was. He knew where it was. He was very calm about it, getting in between and body or getting his stick in, in those lanes but he wasn't ever like chasing out or going around the net or trying to figure out what was going on so the calmness and the kind of smoothness that he did that really paid off and then he didn't really just throw pucks away right, right. Like, like in the third here i think mcguard had, had a great game but there was one shift where he threw three up the wall just trying to get rid of it, right? Just yeah. up the wall, try to do it. Doesn't get out. They get opportunities out of it. Whereas Hirose didn't really seem to do that. He would eat it and try to gain time to squirt it to somebody before he tried to just blindly get it out, which shows maturity. Yeah. Trying to follow the play. Like, where is that toughest? Is that in zone? Is that when you're skating backwards? Like, wh- like where is that toughest to try to find your landmarks and then find your defensive area you want to cover? In zone, when they get that cycle, especially when they have the, the bigger, like, Richie and Huberto going and they're going down and you got a D-man like Uyghur coming down, that's when they're in and out and guys are having to switch more into their zones. Guys are coming in and out. So that's when you see some guys just go kind of like – enough of this, I'm going to go man-on-man, and they start going everywhere, whereas he just calmly, he would point to a guy, and then he would come out and get a stick. So he's just very, he seemed to figure that out pretty seamlessly that I think a lot of young guys don't. Well, and I think uh, one of the things that is very evident is just that overall way of thinking the game, which just comes natural, and that's what's really impressed us about his game. Now, you know, zooming out a little bit more about, you know, from how the team played tonight, and you look at the netminder, Thatcher Demko. I mean, he was sparkling between the pipes again tonight. I mean, what else do you have to say about about a guy who's looked as locked in as you can look since coming back from his injury? Yeah, he's been he's been an elite goaltender. Like yeah. even even the third period where the one looks like it's going to go up over his shoulder, he still reacts to it, gets it on top of the net, he, and then yeah, there was just certain, there was a three on one I think in the first, and he just you know up off the blocker yeah. into the net, and it's dead. So the fact that he can kind of do those and control it that way and and bring the pace of the game down for his team to to be more controlled in the D zone is is it's elite. That 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 three on one, the way that whole thing develops, is it one of those ones where you just know, hey, that guy's back there, we can take a little bit more risk. And the way Hughes played that too, I felt I thought it was so clearly defined, like from the blue line, hey, like Tafoli's yours. I'm going to do everything I can to cut off these two guys and, yeah. and the way you want to play that as a D-man. Yeah, as a D, I mean, it depends on their hands. I can't sure. remember what who, who was shooter and who was. Tapoli was coming down, yeah. So if you got four hands and it's an easy pass but a bad shot angle, then you, you give them shot all day. Right. The three-on-one, like the last thing you want to do is make one 
pressure a place, and then they use all three guys, and they do this tic-tac-toe beautiful play, and you feel – Triangle you. Yeah, yeah, and then you just – you watch the highlights, and you feel terrible for the next – so it's more of just like let's limit the backdoor right. chances so Demko can yeah. just take that. Because there was another two-on-one later with Hughes, and he played it kind of differently, and the pass got across. Yeah. Well, was, that's the one he made the glove save on, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 That was a nice – I think that was Cole. Was yeah. that Cole? It was, he, was, he was looking at the net, had the, had the shot pace, and then went across – Crossbody, no look. So that's a. It's a hard. That one's like hats <laughs> off to the guy making a play. Yeah, that's a really nice play. Like, if you're writing it out, like Foot's probably gonna say, "Hey, he's on the left side. Let him shoot and have it," because those are bad angles for him. Try to push him out maybe more and then take the pass away. But uh, I mean, amazing stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, absolutely. Right. I mean, and that's the thing with Thatcher Demko's game when when he's playing the way he's capable of playing and he makes those types of saves. He was absolutely sensational here tonight. And, you know, Elias Pettersson scores a goal tonight. Now he's up to 98 points on the season and 99 points on the season, one away from getting to the 100-point mark. And, you know, we see how he's able to manipulate the game offensively at 5-on-5, but his reads defensively have been there. And on the PK, I mean, JT makes a good pass to hit him, but his awareness to understand as soon as that play is open, makes a beeline in open space, JT hits him. It seems like he's got the instincts not only to make the plays defensively on the PK, but as evidenced by him leading the league in shorthanded points, yeah. he's got a real knack for creating and finding space on the PK as well. Yeah, those I mean, those two are really feeling it. But you look at that, – that stems from – it's a great play by Miller, but Petey gets a piece of it because what he does is he comes out and then instead of cutting the wall off thinking the D's going to go down, he puts a stick to that bumper in the middle, and that's where that actual tip starts. And then Miller – and then, yeah, you're right. Those two just go now. They don't, you know, as a demon on the blue line and the kill, you're not thinking this forward's going right. to just keep skating past you. Well, uh, let's go outside the Canucks locker room. The guy who, who sprung J, uh, Elias Patterson on that uh, shorthanded goal was JT Miller, and he joins us outside the Canucks locker room. And, and JT, I mean, uh, the crowd was into it. There was stakes for the Calgary Flames. What was it like to close out uh, the home schedule with a game like this in front of the home fans this evening? Yeah, it's a fun game to be in. Uh, you know, obviously it's uh, it's a hard game. You know, it's a pretty playoff-style game, I think, other than obviously overtime in the shootout. But, uh, you know, that team is very desperate. You know, they played really well tonight. Um, you know, they're hard to play against. I really liked our start. Um, they kind of took it to us in the second, and then after their two goals, I thought we responded pretty well. But uh, it's nice to hold on. Denver played great, by the way. Uh, have you managed to get your breath over? Uh- through that overtime that was uh, one of the crazier ones we've seen here i hate overtime it's, it sucks it's it, like if you miss on your look you got to go right back and then the, the problem is is when they miss on theirs you want to go back go back again so it's uh you got to be, be smart on your changes but uh, both marky and uh, Denver played awesome today and obviously when it gets to overtime it's a crap shoot so well and you know you, you see andre kuzmenko scoring uh that shootout attempt and he had been down the bench for a while i mean he was shot out of a cannon. What is it with him and his ability, no matter what, to take advantage of opportunities when he gets them? Oh, he has an extremely high level of skill. And, um, you know, I think there's going to be more parts of his game that he's really going to be trying to dial in in the future. He's obviously a big part of our team this year, almost 40 goals right now, and uh, got a ton of skill. Um, he's just kind of scratching the surface from a complete game. Uh, I know Quinn took the mic, uh, but it was fan appreciation night. And uh, thoughts on, on the fans' support this season and finishing out uh, here tonight as well. Yeah, that Huggy sounded great. Um, he asked me if I want to talk. I said absolutely not. So it's all you. <laughs> it's your turn. And uh, no, he did awesome. And you know the fans are awesome. And it's uh, obviously a big draw for me to want to come back here with all the passionate people that are here. And uh, it's a hungry fan base, and I wouldn't want that any other way. So thanks to them. 
Well, and it's also been one of those things where obviously there's a new leadership group uh, emerging since Bo Horvat was traded. You're part of that, and, and the younger guys trying to get voices as well. And you know, what's it like seeing some of those guys? You know, you see Hughes, you see Patterson. Are they kind of growing into uh, a bigger leadership roles here now? Yeah, I mean, that's part of their. They've been challenged to do that, right? And I, I think they've been great. And uh, I know that Rick and his staff have really pushed them to. You know, kind of evolve into that type of player. They're still so young. You know, they've been around for five and six years already, but, you know, they're still so young. And, um, you know, it took me a long time to feel comfortable, you know, to be a leader on a team. And it's just going to come naturally for them. You know, I think that they've done a great job. And obviously, their play on the ice speaks for, for itself. Uh, and before we let you go, you guys have a couple of young defensemen have, who stepped in, Akito Hirose and Cole Ward got, got his first, Mick Ward got his first uh, career National Hockey League goal here tonight. W- what's it like watching those guys, particularly Hirose, and, and how cool he seems to be under pressure? I'll tell you what, they're playing awesome. Uh, you know, the Cole's a bigger body, and he's got a lot of poise. I think he uses his body very, really well. Um, he's good at shielding guys and can really, uh, you know, he made a couple really nice exits today that were really impressive, and, you know, besides the, the goal he scored, which is, which is awesome. But, you know, Akito has been really solid he's a very interesting guy you know he's very calm and you know totes that line of cocky and confident and you know i love that you know that's uh he's he's been he's been great for us and he's not shy which which is awesome uh, you were the first one over the boards and giving cole a tap on the head you know we always say up here it's, it's the funnest thing to watch players score his first nhl goal when you get to watch it from the bench uh, what goes through your mind Oh, I mean, it was a big goal in the game, first of all, and then you realize it's him, and you know, after he was done doing that celebration on the ice, I figured it's time to go grab him. Uh, he, you know, you just, that's a very special moment. I remember my first look, it was yesterday, and I know he's going to really cherish that, so I'm happy for him. Hey, uh, we're, we're going to let you go in a second here, but Lincoln Miller put in a good effort in the dog race. Uh, still hanging around the rink here, or do you got to go home and see him? I highly doubt he put in a good effort. That's, a, that's, my, la- that's my lazy boy there, but you know, I, the, the, the stud always gets to come out, and we figured I'd let Lincoln come out today. Oh, uh, that... That's fantastic. Hey, JT, thanks for your time, and uh, best of luck closing out the season on the road here. All right, guys, thanks. Uh, That is Canucks forward JT Miller tonight after the Canucks win 3-2 in a shootout over the Calgary Flames. And, yeah, you heard a dog barking in the background. I don't know which dog it was, but he wasn't giving his dog a lot of credit. You know what? They put a video up of Rip. Oh, yeah, Rip's grown. Rip is huge. Seven months have flown by. Hey, dogs grow fast, man, I'm telling you. I mean, if the Canucks would have matured as quickly as Rip, I mean, yeah, they would have made the playoffs yeah. this year. 100%. Uh, but good stuff, uh, you know, with, with the high praise for the young D-men as well. And, and like, I, I, all the bullets that are flying right now, the, their level of poise, and for both of them, as JT was just mentioning there, like, it, it's, it's tough, especially in this environment. It, it's so impressive. Yeah, it is. And the fact that the Canucks have been able to kind of turn over all those rocks the amount of young d-men that they've put through paces mm-hmm. like that's probably three years worth of call-ups for d-men they, they got in the last three months so that i think that's very valuable for them to see where that depth chart is and then bringing in a new guy with rose those kind of things are very valuable for their back end especially a hole they need to fill so we had the conversation last post game and you know people got a little angry because look it's four games now for her for Hirose. How much can can these games actually impact the organizational depth chart? I mean, that's that's tough. Because the thing that's is, th- like, people have had years to watch some of the prospects. Someone like Jack Rathbone, they've had years to warm up to the idea of hey, he's going to step into the role. Yeah. And Hirose arrived two weeks ago. Yeah. But what you do at the pro level is the most important thing. And the point I was making is, you know, and draft selection is just entry point. Yeah. You still have to perform at the pro level. And, oh, yeah. again, it's four games. It's not exactly the heaviest type of hockey right now. But when you're performing, 
that should matter at this level. Yeah, and it's not like he just showed up on the door and then he was there, right? Like, they yeah. have full pro and college scouts that are mm-hmm. are making this call, and I'm guessing there's other, you know, other teams going after a guy like that. So they're probably spending – they probably have a full database of everything, and then they've compared notes. And, you know, and there's a lot of process, and guys do that for a living. So, mm-hmm. obviously, I think they got something right there. So it, for him, it's going to make a big difference because it's like now – You've got NHL games. This is how you look. Now you're slotted in somewhere. So I think for him, it, it's pretty big. Uh, Brett, before we let you go, man, it's been great having you calling games uh, on weekends and, and filling in here. And we, hopefully we, we see you back here next season. It's been a lot of fun. A- any final uh, takeaways here before we let you go? Takeaways on, on, on color on or co- on the on Canucks? Color, on both. both anything. On us? On, on the post game? On the, on the fans? Show, the texters? It's been, it's been so fun. I've actually really appreciated Like Cam reaching out was – Amazing. Anyone Thank but you. him. Anyone I know, but, like, reaching out, sorry, it's something, it's <laughs> way against my normal kind of, like, what I would do and something I would have never thought my, I would ever do. So it's been really fun. It's been fun to get back into the game because, I mean, I'm a, I'm a working man with a family now. Yeah. I just don't get to scratch at it. So it's, a, it's introduced me back into the game after retirement, which I'm so appreciative for. You guys have been amazing bringing me in, helping me out. Batch has been incredible, kind of just, you know, you Teen them up for yeah, me, yeah. really, and ma- and making it not easy, but easy. If I the the one problem I probably had was with the amount of like young guys and Russians coming in. My name <laughs> game is awful; like it's terrible. Pronouncing oh, these names, right? <laughs> it's impressive how you guys get all these names so fast. But um, uh, that was good for the Canucks. I think when they made the Boudreau change and they had success. It seemed like they were just kind of painting over, right? Right. It didn't seem like they actually got to to the heart of the problem mm-hmm. to me. And and Bruce is an amazing coach, and he's had a lot of success by taking the chains off. I think he came into the league when it was like full trap, very defensive game, and he came in and was like, "Let's see these skill. Let's take yeah. some of these chains off." Where that allowed for some high entertainment offensive games in, in Vancouver, but I think there was a, a problem there that didn't really get dealt with. I think with talk coming in and now seeing all these players and implementing the stuff, I think they're starting to get at the heart of the problem. So I think that moving forward is a positive thing for the organization. So I am hopeful for that. Now, can they follow through with it? I'll let you guys debate that for the next four months. Yeah, well, ex- <laughs> well hopefully uh, we'll, we'll hear you back next year. We'll talk about more wins and the Canucks making a playoff push instead of being out of the postseason late in the year. But great stuff on color this year, Brett, Fre- uh, Brett Fresseling, and we look forward to having you back again as the season goes on next year here on Sportsnet 650. All right, keep getting your thoughts into our Dunbar Lumber Text Inbox, 650-650. You can also grab a phone line, 604-280-0650, or toll-free, 1-888-275-0650. Canucks win 3-2 in a shootout over the Calgary Flames. We'll get to more of your thoughts, more of your reaction, and we are going to hear from head coach Rick Talkin and Canucks players as the postgame show continues on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now more of the Canucks Central postgame show. Join the discussion. Text us at 650-650 or call us at 604-280-0650. This is the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Here is Toffoli. He's a Canuck killer. He needs to score wide onto the left wing. In on Demko. Shoots the Canuck. Goaltender stopped him. Vancouver wins. And they stick a dagger into the hearts of the Flames' playoff hopes. 
Good game by the Canucks. Play spoilers. Calgary probably needed more early. They didn't show up until the third period, and I think it bit them in the butt. And that's part of the part of the problem they've had all year, just not showing up enough. And those, and you see that in the 47 games by one goal. Canucks win 3-2 in a shootout over the Calgary Flames, and this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. It's Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar. Keep your thoughts coming in to our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. We are going to hear from head coach Rick Tockett and Canucks players as the game goes on. Now, we just saw, um, we just had JT Miller on, of course, and uh, he had a lot of good things to say about the young defensemen on the team and the young players and spoke about the leadership uh, group growing with Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes. And one of the things we saw was Quinn Hughes address the fans after the game, Bick, and he said uh, they're going to be ready for the, start, uh, for the start of next season, essentially, thanking the fans for their patience. So the leadership aspect seems to be going to the young guys a bit more. Yeah, and it's a necessary step. And, you know, I like that JT said uh, Hughes tried to defer the microphone over to him, but uh, gave it back to him and make sure he's the one that's uh, addressing the crowd. And, you know, he, some love for it coming into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Jeff Rowe texting in 650-650. I like the speech by Queen Hughes at the end of the game. Our new captain? That's what uh, Jeff Rowe's texting in. Is is that a moment where Queen Hughes planting the flag on the next C. Oh, it's almost like, hey, you guys have it. You guys can handle that, all that stuff. Like, you don't have to have the C to be a good leader, mm-hmm. right? And and ultimately, I think it's going to, you know, like Jeff Rowe mentions, it's probably going to go to one of Elias Patterson or Quinn Hughes, but it seems like Quinn Hughes is taking more of that on or at least showing more of it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'd still wager on there not being a captain name to start next season, but I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, that would be my betting favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let it play out over the course of a season and see what happens. I, I, I do think maybe Quinn uses the poll favorite, but... Yeah, and listen, having a C isn't the end-all, be-all. Mm. Sometimes you have seen people have Cs, and it hasn't exactly gone well. Ling- live long enough to become the villain. Something <laughs> along those lines. Uh, all right, a lot of reaction on text inbox 656.50. Mike says, it would be nice for Cheech to get that 83 Firebird today. Yeah, and Cheech and, and John Shorthouse and Dan Murphy on After Hours celebrating Cheech, who called his last game on, well, not his last game, calling games, but, you mm-hmm. know, on the Canucks broadcast here regularly at the very least. So a lot of Cheech content. We'll play some of that back coming up a bit later on as well. A lot of reaction on the text inbox 656.50. Uh, this one here says, from Dino, three thoughts. One, love PD, had a good game, but made some super high-risk passes that, had they been made by Miller, we would surely be mm-hmm. hearing about. Two, I was picturing Hiroshi in the NAHL next year, but beginning to think he will make the team next year. I don't think I've seen him make a big mistake yet. Keep waiting for it. And number three, I know Kuzmenko was benched in the third, but aside from the play in his own zone, he showed that he can drive play on his own without PD, which is compelling. Thanks, guys. That's Dino texting in. And, you know, you know, all the stuff on, on Patterson, and I think there was a few plays, actually. I turned to you, too. There was one play in the offensive zone where he, he tried to make a diagonal pass from the half wall to the far point, and it was a high-risk pass, and if mm-hmm. it gets knocked up, it was a two-on-one going the other way. And I turned to you and said, that's a, that's a low-risk play. It worked out, but it was a low-risk play he made. So I get what low Dino reward. means. Low reward. Yeah, yeah high-risk, low reward. Yeah, yes. and honestly, I've been saying this for going on eight weeks now. Like We've seen that recently from Elias Pettersson. I think it's a combination of him testing things because we haven't seen him do that traditionally. 
even under Bruce when they were playing yeah. more high event, he was still fairly responsible. And what we've seen here in the last two months is a bit of a departure. It, it merits mentioning, and it merits critique. And when people have called in or texted, like, it's worth mentioning. I want to see if it persists into next year. Because if it does, then okay, then that's a, a carryover trend, and it's a little concerning. But I, I really feel like he's just trying things on the ice right now. Yeah, is that being too apologetic for it? Maybe. I I don't have a big problem with it right now. We we understand what these games are, and if this is experiment time, let a guy experiment in lower pressure situations. But yeah, and d- you hone in on the stuff next season. But if it happens in October, then you start wondering. Okay, now habits and just then alarm in, bells yes. are ringing. Yeah, certainly, it, it certainly does at that stage. We'll get to more of your text messages six fifty six fifty as the show goes on here. But let's go to the phone boards as well six zero four two eight zero zero six fifty or toll free one triple eight two seven five zero six fifty. And let's go to Jake and Langley, who's on the line. Jake, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Hey guys, uh, thanks for taking my call. I actually quite enjoyed the game and. Uh, even though there's been a lot of drama this year, um, as a Canucks fan, just live, die, breathe Canucks. I'm actually enjoying the season, so screw it. Um, uh, let me just say this. Um, I'm sure you guys are going to be talking about this at length a little bit later on in this show, but the Bull Horvat comments, you know, the pretext of asking about the fans and then him basically, basically taking a shot at the Vancouver fans. I just want to know you guys' opinion on it because personally, I think this is going to be a huge deal, as it should be, no matter what, because... You know, taking a shot at the ownership, I get it. Taking a shot at the coaching staff, I get it. But taking a shot at the fans, I don't know what he was thinking. Emotion, who knows. But uh, as for the season, yeah, or as for the game, sorry, I quite enjoyed it. And uh, it's nice to see them uh, hurt the Calgary Flames' chances, even if it's just a little bit at the end of the year. So uh, thanks for taking my call. Cheers. Hey, uh, great stuff. Uh, that is Jake and Langley calling in, saying he's enjoying the games and has been a bit more fun, at least, in terms of uh, the Canucks playing more cohesive hockey and some of the games have been entertaining, of course. And what Jake was alluding to is Bo Horvat and what he had to say tonight during the Islanders game after they won their matchup. And so we didn't want to start off the postgame. I mean, how many, how many text messages have we gotten There's a lot of texts. Like, we I, wanted to get to the game. We wanted to get to coach and all that sort of stuff. People say the media wants to, you know, fan the flames. Listen, all we want—we're talking the game. Like Jake brought it up on the phone boards. We have tons of texts on this, but we don't—we don't want to dive into it right away. Should we put it off like the Canucks rebuild? <laughs> Despite fans demanding it, <laughs> listen. I know you guys want this, but do you really know what you want? Can you really handle this? I, I, uh, okay. Let's put a pin in it. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to do? Should we? Run with it right now, or should we uh, put a pin in it? Because look, there, there's still things to get into on this game. We're here from Rick Tockett. Uh, you know what? No, that's because I mean, okay. now people are wondering right. what, what this is all about. All right, I, I think Eddie, uh, you have the clip here. So this is Bo Horvat today, post game after the Islanders' victory, doing a just on the bench, just off the ice on the bench interview post game, and here is Bo Horvat. Two more regular season games, one more here at UBS Arena. How does this? rank for you in playoff pushes the excitement of this building and the fans involvement over the last couple of games yeah i mean it's been unbelievable it's a lot better than vancouver i'll tell you that for free yeah so a lot better than vancouver i'll tell you that for free and you know the question was asking about what's it like to be in a playoff race and the fans were mentioned and whether he meant that towards the fans or not 
I think a lot of fans are taking it as a shot at them. And like Jake mentioned, fans are saying, hey, sure, boo management, boo ownership and all that, but we supported you. What's going on? And that's a lot of the sentiment on the text inbox. I know some fans are like, this is fine, don't worry about it. He's being honest, yada, yada. But, you know, from what I've seen on social media, it is a pretty pretty polarizing uh, quote there from the Canucks' former captain. My rule of thumb, historically, on players just coming off of a playing surface is a lot of what they say, like they're, they're in a mind frame of, hey, I just competed to try to go win a game. Do I think Bo Horvat had a moment to cool down after a game? Like there's a reason they, they wait to talk to media for 10 minutes, yeah. 15 minutes. Even when bigger things have happened, like a Richard Sherman thing, just you don't have to apply the, the exact logical context of what a player says immediately after competing. Yeah, they're coming off and you want to get a quote, but to me this is like a big nothing burger. I, I, don't, uh, want, I don't know. If I, you're not, I, you know honestly, I don't want to tell fans how to feel. No. But like, I don't, I don't know. Even when he was here, he said a lot of things that were endearing to fans. Sure, yeah. That, like, that was oh, the Bo Horvat MO. 100%. And I think this is a thing that's endearing himself to the New York crowd. 100%. I mean, he's placating his, his his crowd, sure. Yeah. But he's crapping on his ex while doing so. Sure. But so, okay, and, and his look, ex heard it. I'm so if the ex he- hears okay, it, what's that? I'm if the guy? ex hears it, they, they can have a reaction. That's uh, all I'm saying. They're allowed to have the reaction. Yeah, no, of he, course. He cited them. The fans sitting here saying, we're, hang- we're, watching them- we're watching this team play Calgary tonight. We're here unassuming. We're not even talking about you. Sat, I've always been a guy that gets over exes real fast. You don't. Need, we, we, we've all we've all seen a friend that keeps the pictures up too long after a breakup. It's like, hey, the the, the lock screen is still your, your former significant other. You can delete the picture. You, you can take down the pictures. You can toss out the hoodie. Whatever it is, like you oh, can move on. I get it, but here's the thing, though, right? Like. Are you supposed to throw out social media? Are you supposed to block any mention of Bo Horvath? Do you mute the word Bo Horvath? Because it's going to come out. Like, this wasn't... Yeah, you can do all that. Yeah, but I mean, like, nobody does that. You know, nobody goes that far to like, I want to put this guy out of my mind. I'm raising my hand right now. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have no issues with fans being upset about it. It was like somebody texted. It was unsolicited. And it's fine. Listen, I don't think it's a big deal, but I think fans are allowed to be upset about it. Sure. I mean... Fans were, even when Bo got traded, were like, this is a disgrace, you know, good on Bo, and, you know, they should never trade the captain and whatever. So those fans, I see saying, like, well, hey, listen, we, we backed you. Like, you're our guy. No matter what happened, we were behind you, and this, this is what you have to say to us. I get it. Like, I don't get offended by it, but I'm not going to tell fans not to be offended by it. I mean, it was unsolicited. Like, somebody texted in. Yeah, look, I, I understand the fans' emotion. I, people can feel how they feel. I'm just telling you how I feel. And for me... This is a big nothing burger. <laughs> this, I like, you don't have to worry about uh, what the X says. But but the thing is, it's not about worrying about what the X says. It's it's public. It's not like it was set like in, in the, you know somebody got him on a camera phone or whatever. It's like in front of twenty thousand other people. Cameras are everywhere. Like okay, it's not well, like then, you're not asking for it. Canucks fans just start posting selfies of them working out <laughs> in the gym. Then you know what we got? We got Elise Patterson. We got Quinn Hughes. Got Thatcher Demko, and they're not making the playoffs yeah, this right, year. Now. Yeah. Yeah. right now. Right <laughs> yeah. now, uh, this text here. I'm sure that was a paid ad. Bo doesn't do anything for free. You have seen his Instagram page? <laughs> so maybe that's what it then was. He's got that uh, Connor McDavid commercial money. Bow from East Van. I was going to cheer for Horvat in the playoffs, but not anymore. And this one says he didn't bring up the Canucks at all. LOL. 
He literally said Vancouver. Vancouver, not Canucks, Vancouver. Okay, but literally said. But the point being, he didn't I talk. I think we can put two and two together. But essentially, yeah, but, say, it was, but, but that's even worse. You talk about the city and the people, not the team. What, what does the city do to you? Yeah. Well, I, I guess the thing is, we'll wait uh, to see what the fan reaction is. Yes. Uh, will, will Horvat get a warm welcome when Canucks fans see him next time he comes to Vancouver? Um, I still say so. Overall, look. If this is the comment that did it for you, then cool. Like, look, I, I'm pro a little bit of emotion into the league and a little that's bit good. of controversy. I like it. Be upset if, if people want to get upset. Like, man, that's going to make some for some fun games next year. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen. Viking stat on Twitter says the only thing is Boas that kids, mine included, really look up to him. It's disappointing. Is all, all for that. Is all for that. Is all. I get it. Listen, it's disappointing. Like I said, well, Islander fans are going to. Uh, look up to him as well. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm just I don't know what we're supposed to do here. Like, every every time a quote, a player drops a quote, it's, that's your role model? Like, What's every that? single time? It's like, no. It's not about a quote, it's but, it's, but it talks about your – it's like you're talking about you. Like, it wasn't like he said anything. He was talking about a, you. It's a professional athlete making a quote. Like, I think we can understand the context. Like, it doesn't have to go to, like, oh, the kids – the kids, really? But, no, but the a kids? kids... We can explain he's talking to a new fan base. But, I mean, if you're going to tell a kid who's like six years old, he's like, oh, Bo was crapping on us. Why? I mean, he will be disappointed. And that's sure. not making that big of a deal. But Welcome to the real world. Disappointment Get out of here, man. Get out of here. No. So now you're like, you're like, you're you're okay with Bo Horvath saying whatever he wants or whatever. It's all good. Nobody gets upset about no, anything. No, we're, we're, we're talking about explaining it to children. Well, no, I'm just so saying... So let's explain I, it. It's well, a guy who's playing in a new market. Yeah, who saying, crapped like, on the hey, city. Who's trying to... Endear himself to new fans, and he's crafting. I can't believe I'm the one. But oh, and that's yeah. You know what? That's great. That's 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 a great example. So that's what I want to teach my kids too. That when you move on to something new, crap on the person you left because that's a good thing to do. The example is the example is don't be like athletes as role models. Use the people. But again, but again, but that's how fans look at it. There's ideals to follow for athletes to get to your principles to achieve. Doesn't mean athletes are all role models. Nobody said athletes are role models. You're just saying we gotta worry about the kids. No, no, I'm not explaining this to the kids. I'm not saying worry about the kids. I'm rather read a text about what somebody said about For the kids. For all the people that are worried about that, it's like you don't need to use athletes as role but models. But nobody's using thing. our role models to say somebody you look up to somebody as hey, he's my favorite hockey player. Like he's my he's the case I like this player. It doesn't have to be looking up to him, it's like that's my favorite player. So we can explain like, hey, players are gonna do this. This is what yeah, they, they, this is what that's fine. professional entertainment is about. Sure, you can explain that to them, but you don't have to like it. You can still be like that's that's not classy enough for that's me. The for real somebody, world. Sure, but that you don't have to see just because it's the real world doesn't mean that it's a positive thing. Doesn't mean that it's something you say, Well, that's a good thing, that's a good way to behave. Because if I if I'm a, teaching somebody something, I'm saying, Yeah, when you leave somewhere, don't crap on the person you, you were just with. Like if I leave a job, I don't go and crap on the per- previous job in public. Man, that's low got, class. He, he's got. That's eight, all I'm saying. He's got you can, you eight can say years it's fine. In city. He's got eight years in a city. That's fine. You're crapping on the person you left. Generally, like if I were teaching somebody ideals, I say when you move on for something, you know, don't crap on the person you left. Cool, that's and you've just explained it. Yeah. It, it, that's all it is. It's like you just explained it. For for any for worried about hey your favorite player, you've just detailed. It's like yeah, you just. Be yourself, basically. That's all it is. It, it doesn't have to be this big thing of like, oh, my favorite player. He's ruined the image of it. If Bo Horvath's your favorite player because of what he does on the ice, he's still your favorite player for what he does on the ice. That's what it comes down to. But, but you know, when you look at favorite players, Vic, it's not just about on the ice. Like, you draw connections with players. I mean, it's not just because what they're like. It's about everything else that goes on to it. So I just understand. I'm just saying. I understand fans being upset about it. 
Uh, Ray and East Van, it would have been a big nothing burger, but he was also the captain. Not a good look at all. Uh, this one, Marty the Red. Bo didn't even CC Canucks fans. It was a straight-up message. Something he's planned seems low to me. Uh, Ryan in the Ridge, if that's how Bo feels, he doesn't even deserve a video tribute. Well, I don't know about not deserves a video tribute, but I understand fans being upset about it. <laughs> this one. I was about to turn into 960. Bo saved this show. Our friends over at uh, You guys Fan sound like an old married couple. I don't know. I can't believe Bick is defending Bo Horvat so much. I just don't get it, personally. It's just a nothing quote. <laughs> I, I, I look, I just, I, I'm pro-focusing on yourself, right? But We're Bo's just, not focused on himself. He's focused on Vancouver. That's his State. problem. I'm just saying. I'm saying for Canucks fans. You can focus on what Vancouver is working on. When What are they working on? Seven, missed the playoffs seven out of eight years. I just yes. get it. I mean, you know. Focus on what's next. You don't need to worry about the rear view mirror. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll get to more of your reactions, 650-650. Keep your thoughts coming in uh, to our Dunbar Lumber text inbox. And we'll take your phone calls as well, 604-280-0650. And we'll hear from Canucks Hang players. On, time to get this one? All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Brandon and Poco, jokes for 60. I thought Bo would have released another statement saying he would have no further comment on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll hear from the head coach on the other side right here on the Home of Your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Back to more Canucks Central postgame show coverage. This is where you talk Canucks on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Spin below the goal line and then stretch it to center for JT Miller. He's got a breakaway. Miller in alone missed the net. Past the six-sided, bounces back onto the top of the goal, hit Markstrom in the back and rolled wide of the net. Oh my goodness, now here come the Flames the other way. Huberto, partial break, left wing. Di Giuseppe on the back check, strips him of the puck and clears it up the near side for Hughes. Two on one for the Canucks. Hughes, left wing to Miller. Into the Calgary zone, back to Hughes. He missed a one-time chance wide of the open goal. It's a three on one for the Flames. Nassim Kadri right wing, Huberto going to the goal. Kadri shoots, hit the outside of the net. Hughes gets it back and things will settle down if only momentarily as Hughes passes to center for Di Giuseppe. I hate overtime. It's, <laughs> it sucks. It's it, like if you miss on your look, you got to go right back and then the, the problem is is when they miss on theirs you want to go back go back again. So it's uh, you got to be be smart on your changes but uh, both Marky and uh, Demer played awesome today and obviously when it gets to overtime it's a crapshoot so Canucks win 3-2 in a shootout over the Calgary Flames. That was JT Miller who joined us a post game and what a thrilling overtime it was. Everything but goals, and I was surprised nobody scored. I mean, that's how overtime should be played, chance after chance. But like you mentioned, I mean, there was a few sequences. Miller was on the ice. Pedersen was on the ice. And you can tell they're just gassed. Oh, like, yeah. you have no chance to get off, and the puck's going east. I mean, going north, south in a hurry both Huberto ways. Huberto was on the ice, although I couldn't tell if he was gassed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he looked like he, he's looked all season. Very comfortable. Yeah, PDG breaking up a... Uh near breakaway attempt for Huberto. Yeah, he certainly did. Uh, man, I mean, it was it was a fun game. It was a fun hockey game for the most part. Overtime was a lot of fun, but you look at that Calgary team and everything that was on the line for them, uh, they didn't quite play like the way uh, you would imagine they would have played, at least not to start that game. Uh, we have a lot of reaction on the text inbox, a lot of reaction to Bick and I debating uh, the whole Bull Horvat thing in New York. And again, like, we didn't want... Hey, Jake and Langley brought it, brought it up. Mm-hmm. And we and, and a we lot of texters have brought it up. Six fifty. A lot of like p- people were texting about this during intermission, mm-hmm. and we didn't talk about it then. So, to, to all the talk about media is making something out of this, like we tried not to, and then we got into a spirited debate about it. But Mike in Kelowna says Bo didn't tell them that for free. It cost sixty-eight million. It's pretty good. 
That's pretty good. The jokes for 60, uh, we're here for. Yeah, pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, this one, Darren in Vancouver, has both set himself up to get booed next year instead of cheered. That's not bad. Uh, we'll, see. we'll see. Well, if Canucks fans boo, aren't, aren't they talking bad then after? They're just clapping back. X? Run up if you want to get done up. Well, mess around, find out. I mean, hey, that's all I'm saying. It's like, hey, you should talk nice about the X. Oh, no, no, I'm just saying. I'm not saying you should. I'm saying if you do, you open yourself up to criticism. And then people that bought in, invested, and, and believed in the player and liked the player feel hurt. And I can understand that. Hey, sports is about making emotional connections and investments. That's all it is. So I can understand people having some some sore feelings based on everything that's happened. All right. Uh, as far as the head coach is concerned, the Canucks win 3-2 in a shootout. And here is head coach Rick Tockett. Uh, and I guess asked about how the Canucks played tonight against this Flames team that wasn't quite as hungry as you would have expected. Well, first period, I was really happy. I, I didn't like the second. Third was spotty. You know, it's, uh, yeah, we won entertaining fans for the overtime, but it's not really winning hockey for me. I, I think uh, when Calgary push, push, uh, put some pushes on us, I just saw some, like, backup. You know, we got we to gotta get that out of here. We got to, you know, you got to lock, lock it down, and you can't just rely on Demmer. You know, he, he played great tonight. So, so like they hemmed you in for some extended shifts at times in the game. Is that where some of the things you're talking about, you know, winning battles on the walls? Well, battles are under pressure, you know, wanting the puck when your your teammate has little things like that, I mean, you know that's a theme that's going to have to really over the summer uh, when we come into training camp, we're going to really have to, you know, address those things. You know what I mean? I mean, I, like I'm glad we won. Don't get me wrong, but it's uh, it's the little things here that we really got to value. You know, you're up three, to, you know, you're up or you're up two nothing, and you just you know careless with a puck, you know, things like that. You got to good teams lock it down, and we got to get that mentality around here. I know you wouldn't have liked it to get to that point, but how about the entertainment value of the Yeah, overtime? overtime, it was, yeah, fans loved it. You know, it was good old-fashioned river hockey, right? Back and forth. Yeah, he just wasn't in tonight defensively. Like, you know, Kuzi's, I, I love the kid, but uh, he's got to, he's got to, you know, he's got 30-something goals, but he's got to understand he got to play defense. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't, you know, I just wanted to go, you know, at that point, three lines. I didn't think that, uh, there's a couple other guys I could have, you know, I, I didn't play as much either. I just, I just didn't feel the commitment to defense. What about the decision to use him in the shootout then after he sat for so long? <clears throat> well, I, you know, he's a good shootout guy. Hiroshi, this guy seems to be playing more and more. You've got him on the ice a lot in overtime. Like, what do you see in that? I mean, uh, the kid is, uh, like I tell you, outstanding hockey IQ. Um, and then when you tell him to go, like, strong side post, if you tell him stuff, he does it. That's why Footy loves him. Like uh, there's, like I told you guys last week, there's something there with this kid. He's got a really good hockey IQ. He's, We're comfortable with him. You see him making some good plays on the yeah. penalty kill as well. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, there were, well, there was one play where I really, you know, impressed. They were, Calgary was putting the big push on, and he had the puck. I think most defense would have rimmed it, and he just waited, and he, he reversed it to his partner it, and released the pressure. I mean, those are the little things that, um, that you know, good hockey eye players do. You know, they just don't throw it in the pile. They, they, they see the pressure. They, they take a breath, and then they, they relieve pressure. You know, I, I, that, was a, that was a really nice play because, it, you know, they, were, they had us hemmed in. If we, he doesn't make that play, maybe extended possession time, maybe they score. Other rookie defenseman McWard, he gets his yeah, first that, yeah, yeah. It's it's nice to get the, it's nice you know he uh, Aiden gets his goal first goal you know uh, 
You know, Roche gets, Cates uh, gets a couple assists last game. You know, yeah, it's nice to see those guys get rewarded. The families in town too. It's nice to see them score. What do you think of his game outside of the goal? Um, looked like he had a sequence with uh, Milan Lucic chasing him down that he managed to evade. And had a good <laughs> yeah. block. On I don't him. blame the guy. I want to evade him too. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just a, you're dropped in the NHL yeah. three days ago, and then you're doing yeah. that. It's pretty cool. Well, I, I just, like you said, I mean, he probably didn't skate, you know, when this college season's over, he probably didn't skate that much, and he's thrown right in the fire, and mm-hmm. uh, you got Milan Lucic breathing down your back, and you hold your own. That's pretty, you know, he can use that as a confidence going into the summer. With players that come up from the American yeah. League or wherever over the course of the season, and you even earlier in the year talked about sustainability, right? Yeah. You know, you get the burst yeah. of adrenaline. What, what does it look like at Game 15? Um, with guys who get this sort of cup of coffee late in the year, how do you do? You have to like look at it in context because you don't get to yeah, judge that. It's a good question. It's a great question. Yeah, um, but I look at it for them like they got a taste, you know. And you know they're playing a team that's against a team that's desperate, trying to make the playoffs. You know, big team, Calgary team, and to hold their own, it, it's almost like uh, they should be addicted to this summer. How am I going to get even better? So when I come to camp, I want to impress. The organization, the coaching staff, you know, and, and I'm gonna, you know, well, like we we need competition in here, training camp. Like we need healthy competition, and maybe some of these kids are gonna push some people out. Maybe it uh, it's it's quite possibly could happen. You gave Kraftsoff an opportunity to play higher in the lineup. What did you think? And did he kind of get hosed on that penalty? Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. That was kind of a. I, I wasn't. That wasn't really a penalty. Uh, I just went with three. I just wanted to. You know, I, I wanted to get some guys out there that. That give Demer, you know, that that would give Demer a chance to to help Demer out, I guess. Speaking of Thatcher, he had a couple of really big saves in the oh, game yeah. tonight. Are you just continually amazed by how well he can? Play yeah, he's just solid. He's just solid. You know, like he uh, he's just in, you know he's a big goalie that uh, there's not a lot of movement. I like goalies like that. And uh, and when he when he has them go post to post, he made I think it was two or three tonight, like outstanding saves. But I, I, I like I said. You know, you're up to nothing. I think we gave, we gave them stuff we shouldn't give, and that's that's something we got to learn around here. That's not winning hockey. You got to lock things down. Rick, you, you gave Amon and Joshua an opportunity in overtime. Was that just a reflection of the night that you thought that those guys were having? Or uh, I don't know. I looked on the bench and I just went. I, you know, those two guys they were, they, were, they were half decent. I thought they played you know half decent defensively for us, so I figured why not let them get there. That, that's that's kind of my method, my madness. Rick, what went into having Quinn Hughes be the player who spoke to the fans at the end of the game? Uh, I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't know about that. Okay. Honestly, I didn't know. That's good. What do you say? I uh, just thanked everyone oh. for their support over the season. Oh, good. Yeah, called it a treat to play for them. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. What That's a nice seen, touch. What have you seen from him evolving as a leader? Like, Hughes? Yeah. He's, he's a very competitive kid, you know, and he wants to win so bad. Um, that's impressed me, and he's a hockey nerd, right? He loves hockey. I mean, he'll probably go hang with his brother. He might try to do some. He might want to skate with the Black Aces uh, for, <laughs> for New Jersey because he loves play. Like, he loves wants to play so bad. But yeah, he's he wants to win so bad. You know, like his next level for me is like you know, he's just got to make sure he gets too crazy out there where he wants to win so bad that you know. But he's just been you know he's been a pleasure to coach. Footy loves him. 
Does it mean anything to you from the perspective of him growing into someone you've wanted to be more vocal? For example, yeah. to have him be given the mic in front of 20,000 fans on national TV. Yeah, that- yeah, they're, they're, yes. And even after games, like uh, I don't go in very often after a game, uh, but a couple players tell me that Hughes is pretty vocal in there. He wasn't. You know, four months, three months ago, he's a little more quiet, but he's taken, I think he, he he's taken that personally that he wants to be a, a vocal guy in the room. You know, his personality, he's not a, a big talker, but I think for him to get out of his comfort zone is huge for our team. Is that a guy that can be captain? Well, I mean, he, he, he's he got the qualities. He just definitely has the qualities, you know. Um, to, you know, and learn, you know, he's always, he, he's learning too. He's learning too. When you've seen so many games where Thatcher Demko keeps you guys in it, can win you guys games as a coach. What does that mean for like an off season about building your team when you know you can get that type of goaltending? Does it change anything? Or? Well, it changes. Just I want you know I want a team that you know I, I don't want a team that you have to run your goalie like that. I mean, yeah, you know I was talking to Clark. He goes, "Well, that's his job. I understand that's his job, but can we make it a little bit easier on him? That's my job." You so, know, that's a, so that's a challenge to the coaching staff then. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a you know, and honestly, you know, not to let the coach stop it. I don't think it's a system thing. I think we have to understand when pressure hits us how to how to attack pressure instead of going away from it. That's something that uh, will help the goalies out, right? That is Canucks head coach Rick Tockett after a 3-2 shootout win. And despite the fact that Canucks won and they had a 2-0 lead, lost it, held on to win in, in a shootout ultimately, didn't seem too happy with the overall effort. Liked how they played early on. Didn't like how they couldn't handle pressure. Says that's something they uh, have issues with. Not so much structure, but how do we attack pressure and how do we not fall apart when those things happen and have to get away from relying on the goaltender. So despite the fact that Canucks won and it was an entertaining game here tonight, the coach didn't seem too enamored with what was on display for 60 minutes. Yeah, and, and look, if we, if we saw that, if we saw the push from Calgary that we saw in the third over 60 minutes, then yeah, it'd be a big problem. And that's why I kind of focused on that they took the punch and got to OT yeah. and survived all that because like, there's a talent gap. There just is. There's a lot of young players who are punching above their weight based on expectations, and they just, they merit praise like McWard and Hirose. But if Calgary was really firing on all cylinders and they played like they did in the third, this is probably a 5-2 game. And they had a couple of chances they probably should have scored on. But this... There's a talent gap right now, and it's incumbent upon Patrick Alvin to for, for next year to bridge the gap between where Calgary is right now and beyond Calgary, teams in the top ten, mm-hmm. to from where Vancouver is now to where they want to go. But if Calgary was at their paces, they should have waxed Vancouver. But they didn't. And so the, the stretch of the, the game where the Canucks were overwhelmed, as Rick Tocchet was putting out in the third period, that that wasn't the stretch, and for me, I look at it and say, "Hey, they they served, they took the punch." I I think they won the first forty minutes comfortably. Yeah, I, I mean, the second period it was kind of not much going on for the which most is, part, which is a great outcome when you're up to, up to nothing. Like it's it for the most part, but I think it's more about the third, and we've seen this happen before a number of times. The Canucks have a lead, and as soon as somebody decides to go all in. That's when Vancouver starts, you know, really faltering. But, but you would expect it with the roster that they're icing right now. Yeah, uh, but the coach doesn't seem to, ready to accept it. Which is fine. Yeah, the coach is going to say what Yeah, he and he's like, I'm not really willing to accept I'm, I'm this. I'm just saying for, <laughs> for how I'm going to interpret <laughs> this it, like, this what this game what, is right now. It is what it is. Yeah, the, the coach is going to expect that, hey, if you're playing five 
the fifth D-man minutes, you better perform at a certain standard. I think that's unrealistic, but the coach is going to be hey, consistent with his standards. It's true, but also he had issues with some of his uh, higher-end players again tonight. He said Kuzi has to understand you have to play defense. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you know, I think maybe his frustration is again kind of on the bigger players again. It's like the guys that we expect. Sure. It's like sure, I mean, hey, it is what it is with our roster, but you can control. Mm-hmm how you push, and he didn't quite like that. And, you know, that was some pretty tough tough words there. They didn't feel like he had commitment to defense, loves his offense, and asked about the shootout. He's like, well, he's a good shootout guy. Well, he can't really cost you defensively on a shootout attempt. So it's like, at that point, if you are a coach who doesn't put your best player in the shootout, you're cutting your own nose to spite your face. Cutting your own nose off to spite, right? Because it's not even about sending a message. Like you're literally trying to win a hockey game, right? And you got to put your best options out there. So I get that aspect. And but he only had one shift, and uh, he didn't have a shift after that mistake in the third early on. And credit to Kuzmenko, like that was a real attempt. Yeah, it's like I'm going to show you. That was not a lazy attempt, right? It'd be easy for a player to sulk and say, "Hey, I'll do a half-hearted effort and maybe try to be a bit too fancy." That was the same move we see Andre Kuzmenko do. Charged at it, full speed. You should give him credit for that, too. Absolutely. And watching him on the bench, I was trying to keep an eye on him on overtime on the bench. Number one, I wanted to see if one is going to come on. And for a while, I thought he was going to come on because the entire time he was standing, leaning over the bench. So he wasn't sitting there bad, body language, sulking. Like He was thoroughly engaged, fully engaged in overtime. And when he got a chance in the shootout, he scored. So for all the concern we have about some of the tough love, the thing that I find encouraging is the fact that he's not a guy who seems to take it too personally or is get too down. the player switching off? He's not. He's still staying engaged and on. And he's done everything he can to meet these challenges head on. So I'm expecting he does so next year. But it's certainly something on our radar now that he's going to have to check for next season. You yeah. know, do we see games where, you know, he essentially... Can he not get benched next season? But here's the thing. And look, I, if you didn't read Ian McIntyre's piece, his sit down with Rick Tockett, which... I highly recommend that you do because it was rather illuminating. Uh, he very much talked about making players uncomfortable. And I'm pro the idea of players having their own personal identity and say, hey, look, I'm a goal scorer. I can obviously put up goals in this league. But you also have to... For, for a player, you have to adapt yourself to what the coach wants to. And he said, you can't win being comfortable. I think it's important that they realize that there's going to be uncomfortable times with me, with other coaches, with other teammates, to get on the level we want. Comfortability is not going to get us there. And this idea that you can just be yourself all the time, being yourself is comfortable. You have to adapt to what you're trying to achieve. I'll steal another great line from Mike Tomlin. It's like, you can't expect unique results, unique outcomes without unique process. Mm -hmm. So this is something that he's going to have to work on, especially if you want top minutes. Because what comes with top minutes? Playing tough matchups, too. It's higher degree of difficulty. And you can't screw up in your own end. So this is going to be part of the journey for Andre Kuzmenko, and it's as long as the player's not switching off, right? It's a fine line Rick Tockett is threading here. But as long as the player doesn't switch off, I'm for it. Yeah, I, I'm there too, as long as the player doesn't switch off. And that's kind of the challenge in reaching players, but also not losing players and also challenging them. Challenge them. But is, I, is there something to be said that he doesn't have the runway of Andre Kuzmenko being 22 years old? Well, and that's the reality, you know, and it's kind of like do, you, like, do you have to crack the whip more because this is his first year in the NHL 
And well, there there is, and you're already paying him next season, and, and he's 27 years old. There is like he's got to figure this out pretty quickly because this is going to be it, right? Like it, it's not going to be this big, you know, three or four year process. To your point, on a player who's on a cheap contract, figuring it out. I mean, when his contract ends, he'll be into his 30s essentially, right? I mean, and that's kind of tells you how close he's already getting. Uh, we have a lot of reaction on text inbox 650, 650. This one says, I mean, there, there are a lot of them here about, no, number one, before I get to text inbox, I just want to wrap something on on what you mentioned. The country club thing that we've heard in the past about Vancouver, about the locker room, I think that's always been more along the lines of what's been going on as opposed to the toxicity, everybody hates each other. We talked about this before. Because what talk is getting at is too content, too comfortable with what's going on, right? Not that they don't hate losing, but it's like, what are you truly doing to change things? Like, how uncomfortable are you truly willing to get? How are you? How far are you willing to challenge one another and put yourself kind of on that aspect? And I think the issue here for many years had been too comfortable, you know. And we'll see if that changes now with new leadership and and obviously it being a bit different with a different head coach. But I think that's certainly something that I think is becoming very evident. It was never about this. these guys hate each other. It's a toxic room. It was always about probably too comfortable, probably too cushy. Yeah, and look, man, they lose a lot. That, and they don't seem too bothered that, by it. Right, but as far as the, the idea of the, the negative aspect of things that have happened is we're judging it off of a losing environment. Suddenly the flaws you might see in someone aren't as bad when you're winning. And if they can spin that around... All this idea of like oh toxic elements. It's like, we'll stop hearing about all of that. Yes, because they're winning. Yes. Wait, when sad when we have a bad show, I go home and I text Cam. I was like, oh sad, that's sad guy. When we have a good show, I'm texting you right <laughs> yeah, away. You're not I'm texting like, hey, Cam. Great show tonight. You're not texting Cam anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep your thoughts coming into our text inbox six fifty six fifty. A lot of reaction to the Bull Horvat uh, stuff as well. Uh, what he had to say. Uh, this one here says, I'm with Canucks fans. Let's all pull for the Islanders and Horvat to miss the playoffs. Might be hard for that to happen, considering how close they are to a to a playoff mm-hmm. race, uh, to a playoff spot at this stage. Man, we can talk Kuzmenko all we want, and all the texts are coming in about Horvat right now. 650, 650. It's just both text messages, more or less. Uh, this one says, how about all the years Bo said these Canucks fans are the best in the league? You don't bash the fans you loved all those years. Lost my respect. That's Robin Victoria texting in. It's almost like he's getting a paycheck from the Islanders now. Yeah, and now they're the best fans in the world. I mean, it's like you've been to concerts, right? Mm-hmm. Don't they always say these are the best fans? This is the best this crowd. the best crowd we have yeah, this yeah. evening. Every single time they say it. Do you throw away your albums <laughs> the day after you hear that? But no, but they don't. Say, at least they don't go and say, like, ah, oh, it's better than Calgary, better than Vancouver. But clearly they're saying best, so you've moved down the pecking order. Yeah, but you're not throwing the other one on the bus. It's okay. At least, you know, it's just bedside matter, Vic. That's all it is. It's just bedside. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, if the coach keeps this up, Kuz won't be in Vancouver for long. Like, it's upsetting to see Kuz get benched because of some mistakes. Everyone on the team makes mistakes but don't get benched. And, you know, there are players who have gotten benched guys down the lineup. But of the guys who are bigger name players, I'd say, yeah, Kuzmenko is probably the only guy so far who's been treated this way, I'd say, right? Of the bigger name players, didn't Miller get sat in overtime, or was that under Boudreaux? That was no, that was under that was that Seattle game. He kind of yeah, yeah, he got sat a little bit. Then not overtime, but he got sat a little bit in that game. Um, but I don't think we we saw JT game in and game out. There yeah. was a three game stretch. He played ten minutes. Like it's 
He's the guy who gets if, the, tough, the if, tough love the most. If we're talking about a whipping boy so far in Vancouver, it, it has been Andre Kuzmenko for Rick Tocchet. So far it has been. All right, we'll get to more of your reaction, and we'll hear from Canucks players postgame, plus from Cheech, Shorty, and Murph on After Hours. It was Cheech Appreciation Night, along with Fan Appreciation Night here at Rogers Arena. Canucks win 3-2 in a shootout. More coming up next on the Home of Your Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Now more of the Canucks Central Post Game Show. Bringing you the most Canucks coverage in BC. Only on the official home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Go to Joshua, gains the red line and dumps it in. Studnika behind the net for Joshua. He's got it in the right wing corner. Back to the far point for Cole McGuire. Settles, shoots through traffic. He scores! Ward scores his first career NHL goal in his second game in the National Hockey League. And the Canucks lead 1-0. Canucks go on to win 3-2 in a shootout over the Calgary Flames. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show on the home of your Canucks. Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. It's Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar. Keep your thoughts coming into a Dunbar Lumber text inbox 650-650. And Bick, we have a lot of reaction on the text inbox. A bit of everything here, of course. And, you know, as much as this was the last Canucks home game, uh, there's a lot of reaction here uh, towards Bo Horvat and some also defending Bo and going all over the place. Uh, this one says from Michelle, this is ridiculous. I've heard you all and numerous other broadcasters from different networks say the Islanders are an amazing fan group, one of the best, if not the best within the NHL. Geez, oh yuck, media really does blow more often than not. That's Michelle texting in. I don't know if I've ever talked too much about the Islanders being great fans. I mean, they have decent fans, but I mean, for many years, they barely sold out Nassau. I mean, they've had a really bad fan um, experience because of their building and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people have talked about the New York Islanders and, and how great that fan base is. but uh, Unsigned text here. I don't know if we should talk about the Horvat situation. Takes up 20 minutes of the postgame show and almost harms your relationship. <laughs> I think we'll be When fine. can we hear you talking poorly about the other person? <laughs> <laughs> Can't release those group texts. Yeah, you can probably find text messages. Don't, <laughs> don't search my phone. If my phone ever gets cloned, I'm in trouble. Oh, man. Just don't show it to Bick. Uh, this one, uh, Ian, it's show business. Bo is saying something to appease to the Islanders fans, right? Like, yeah, man, okay. man isn't that that greedy New York style? Bunch of fans from Brooklyn. I'm not going to do the Brooklyn accent. No, no. He got the, bro- he got the New York programming. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, uh, Jay Holiday in Edmonton. In Edmonton, as a Canucks fan in Canada, I can easily tell you I hate 31 other teams in NHL and all the players in those teams. Horvat is just another guy on the list now, so I hate everybody as long as they're not Canucks. Rogers Arena is a mausoleum. Bo spoke the truth. Relax at 650-650. Hey, look, is that not one of the other ideals that we want to see from athletes? Speak the truth? Hey, I didn't say don't speak. I love it. But what I said was I have no issues with fans being upset about it, especially fans who invested emotionally into Bo Horvat and supporting him. They feel slighted. I'm, I can understand that. That's all I'm saying. Sports being fans of a team, and I know Michelle texted in and said, you know, being uh, sports are more about community investments. I'm talking about you being a fan of a team. You make an investment when you're a fan in a team. You make an emotional investment. That's what I'm talking about. And when you make an emotional investment, you have a connection with whether it's a player, it's a team, and those are the types of things. And when things happen to break that connection, 
It can be a little rough around the edges sometimes. So I can understand it. That's all. I'm just not going to get up. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm too rigid. I just want to focus on what happens on the ice. Sure, sure. I'm spending too much time in the spreadsheets. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I think they're a better team without Horvat and all this sort of stuff. Hey, listen. All, you know, maybe we should just pat ourselves on the back. We mentioned this. No, we're not a back padding <laughs> show. No, only sometimes. Only only sometimes. Uh, somebody texted. It was Mike and Kelowna texted and said, issue a Bo, issue a Bo Horvat tribute video next year and then ended with that clip <laughs> from New York next year. <laughs> Jokes for 60. Uh, keep them coming in. Fantastic hey, who plays more always. playoff games uh, this uh, spring, summer? Bo Horvat or Atu Ratu? <laughs> Technically, it's playoff games. <laughs> Oh, brother. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. Was that clapping back? Was that, <laughs> is that too harsh? <laughs> yeah, it might be. Uh, Ryan in, in the Ridge. Hey, New York Islanders fans. fans. John Tavares disagrees with Bull Horvat. Well, you know, he was talking about Leafs fans, Islanders fans. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't I'm interested. Look, there's texting when Sat's correct. Bo should get booed from now on. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm really interested to see what happens now. I think he'll still get cheered next year when he comes back. Most fans are going to forget about it, and a lot of fans don't even won't even know about it. Half Canucks fans are like checked out of the season right now. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> so I, I'd say he'll still get a healthy amount of uh, cheers next year. And I bet you that before he comes, he'll do some media rounds and he'll say some lovely things about Vancouver. And people will be like, oh, you know, Bo, he's, you know, he's, he's still he'll, he'll, he'll say the things that endears himself yeah, to the fans. probably. Like he did tonight. Yeah. It's like it's show business. Good text earlier from Ian. <laughs> uh, this one says, captains don't usually make unsolicited comments like that. Find me one example of a big community character captain who's done an unsolicited, unsolicited slight like that. And, you know, again... This is the reaction we see on text really No, and he says, I'll wait. This is not a bad... Again, off the top of our head, maybe mm. you can, but off the top of our head. Brandon and Poco, bro, Bo's prior comments about Vancouver fans now sound like a lot of bull. <laughs> oh, people are having a good time. Traditional souk. Uh, an overpaid second-line center who can't kill penalties has taken up too much time on the post-game show. So, I uh, see, slides Look, and daggers being thrown. I'm telling on you. It's everyone's mind. I, we, we like to talk about what you're talking about. And, the, and right now, I, I'd rather do more on the game, but I'm not kidding. Like I'm not lying when I'm saying at least three quarters of our text yeah. messages are Bo Horvat text messages. That's, Tone that's Capone all. jokes for sixty. Vic's too young to understand the Bo thing. <laughs> Why are you too young? Thirty-seven years old. Yeah, I he's think like, I'm too young. He's only a couple years younger than I am. Thanks for the compliment, though. Yeah, I know. Uh, Jeff Rill says this team can win with a really good goalie. Uh, sends that in on Twitter and as getting back to how the Canucks played tonight. Now, as far as how the Canucks played this evening. Uh, it really did come down to Thatcher Demko between the pipes. And, you know, we did have a lot of fun during the intermission, Vic, because um, there was a dog race going on, and Delilah Demko won the dog race. And yeah. we won't get uh, – you know, we'll play this if we have time because we want to get to some cheats. And IMAC won't join us tonight because just everything ran, ran too late with overtime and a shootout and, and the players and, and coaches meeting late with the media here tonight. But we mentioned Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes took the mic at center ice after the game, which is a tradition for the final home game where one of the leaders, usually the captain, but one of the leaders, will address the team, address the fans on the ice, thank them for the year and look forward. And he was the guy doing that. And after the game, he also met with the media and was asked about taking the mic at center ice post game. He's played against the second game, so, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's crazy to say what. One of the older guys in here, <laughs> not older in that, but games. But um, I've been here a while. But uh, 
No, they were just telling me who was the first and third star, and that was, that was all that happened, yeah. Did you rock, paper, scissors, PD to see who would take the mic? Or? No, no, I was just, uh, you know, a little thing that they asked me to do, and I was saying next time, you know, PD will do it or Millsy will do it. It wasn't that big of a deal to any of us. Or uh, I mean, it is, you know, we got to thank the fans, and, um, you know, it's been a long year and um, tough for everyone, um, even them. And, but, um, you know, for us three, I think that, we all feel comfortable doing something like that, and I was just t- saying that, uh, you know, even Demko, I think, is a big-time leader in this in this room, and everyone respects him, and Myers is an older guy on the team, and so I think anyone, um, you know, three or four or five guys are capable of that, and, um, you know, next time, uh, you know, let Petey or Millsy or Demer do it. How much uh, regret is a, a game like this, you know, your final home game of the year, and, it, you know, it ends... Everyone has fun, but you, you guys aren't going where you want to go. Is there, what, what's a night like this like? Yeah, it's very frustrating. Um, this night's okay because it's you know you're getting up in Calgary, needed the points, and it's your last game. But I think like the last week or so has been um, you know a little tough on everyone. I think just in the sense that you know, we're not out of it, or we are out of it, and I think we've you know probably been out of it for a good portion of time and. Um, so I think everyone here is really competing and trying their best, and uh, you can see that when we went 10-2 and two, um, last week or two weeks ago. And uh, But, you know, it's also tough when you're playing 20, 25 games to finish a stretch when you're not really in it. So it's um, definitely weight on me. Um, you know, I'm all, I'm you know very passionate guy. You guys know that. Um, but it's definitely hard for sure. How wild was that OT to play in? Yeah, really wild. I mean, I'd take a couple plays back. And Millsy put a great pass in my stick, and Demko is our best player again. And um, he made some crazy saves, and I was trying to call for the puck, and it was so loud out there you couldn't hear anything. So um, it's exciting because, you know, like I said, we haven't given them so much, uh, a lot to root about. And um, to see everyone, see the crowd into it, um, both teams really into it, it was uh, it was a good game, and then, you know, we'll just be looking forward to next year at this point. Does three-on-three three hit a little different when there's stakes like that? Yeah, I think it's, well, I think three-on-three is, everyone enjoys three-on-three. Three. It's uh, really fun and, you know, lots of scoring chances, and you don't really usually see that in five-on-five, five, um, but it's it's enjoyable for sure. Uh, that was Quinn Hughes post game after the Canucks win 3-2 in a shootout over the Calgary Flames and you know the leadership's aspect and something that we're going to see for next year and kind of keep an eye on is who's going to be named the captain of the team and I do wonder about that and you know where Quinn Hughes fight fits into that equation alongside JT Miller I mean alongside Elias Patterson and also JT there too what if he ends up in New Jersey and he says a lot better than Vancouver. <laughs> was that too much? Was that too much? <laughs> this text comes in. Cement him as a Canuck and keep him, keep our boys safe from New Jersey. Yeah, there you go. People are already worried about uh, Quinn Hughes going to New Jersey and maybe saying things like other people said tonight. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps, maybe, maybe, just maybe. <laughs> uh, no, I, look, being earnest, uh, that was a cool mo- moment for Quinn Hughes. It was to stand in the middle and, and address the crowd and. Send the right type of message as well. Yes. Uh, it helps when you win and the crowd's all pumped up and they get to hear the message. But I was curious who would be the one to take the mic. And I kind of thought it would be Quinn because we've seen him be very vocal over the past 12 months. And for people that are really focused on what the captain, the next captain might be, I'd probably say he's the 
favorite right now. He might be the favorite. This text says, thinks Hughes, think Hughes is our next captain. Let Pedersen have an A and lead by example. Maybe that's where he's more comfortable. Uh, this text says, can't wait to see Bo, Bo Horvat's uh, Twitter apology. Let's see if that, I don't know if that's going to happen. So, yeah. So, so if and when he apologizes, <laughs> is it, like, all cool now? Probably. I'm sure it will be. Being accountable. Yeah. This one says, love Quinn's uh, last home game message. Much better than our last captain. Captain. What was his name again? LOL. People yeah. just making jokes for 60. Ladies so and gentlemen. Jokes for 60. We are not underselling <laughs> I'm just, how many texts we're getting. Or, sorry, overselling how many texts we're getting. I'm just reading some of the text messages. Yeah. All right. Uh, we all, uh, Dan uh, texting in. Well, Bo can enjoy his first round exit. Islanders are a middle team, and they're already old. Might not have many years left to try and win with that roster. I'd laugh if we make the playoffs next year. And Bo's sitting on the couch watching new captain Petey play playoff games in 2024 here at Rogers Arena loud again. Also, shout out to Teach. That one's from Dan. You know what? Uh, As far as Cheech is concerned, it was a great night in terms of Cheech getting the love uh, from the home crowd and from Rogers Arena. And he got it with a lot of cheers and standing ovations here at the rink. And after the game, him... John Shorthouse and Dan Murphy met with Scott Oak for after hours. And as promised, we, we told you we'd play some of that coming back. And here's a chunk. We can't play all of it because, you know, we, we don't have enough time here on the postgame show. But here's a chunk of John Garrett, John Shorthouse, and Dan Murphy talking about Cheech. The only time he doesn't think about us was when selected restaurants. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, let's that's go we, fancy. We, yeah. de- we, we defer to, to Cheech, <laughs> and that's something we've done over the years. And, I, and you like it too. And I, but I, d- I go back to we were in Chicago last year, yeah. and I had to do something. So they said, okay, I said, why don't we go somewhere? You're in Chicago, beautiful city. Well, we were originally going to go to TGI Fridays, right? And you said I no. Thought, no, oh. I thought it was going to be Mother Hubbard's. Oh, okay. A dive bar that serves <laughs> yes. it in plastic bowls like burgers. <laughs> so I said... Okay, I'm putting my foot down. We're not going to Mother Hubbard's tonight. Let's go something else. I get a phone call back from these guys about five minutes later. Okay, um, we'll meet you at uh, the che- Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> you know, in just a few minutes, Murph, we're going to get uh, into uh, John's devotion to health food in greater detail. But uh, first, another video message from a diehard American fan. Shorty. Definitely a diehard American fan and somebody who has stayed up late with us through the years. Uh, his number one teams are New York teams, but his number two team, his adopted team, is the Canucks. And that's uh, noted sportscaster and political commentator Keith Olbermann. Yes. Political Cheech, commentator. it's your friend, more importantly your fan, Keith Olbermann. And I can't tell you how much I'm going to miss you on the broadcast. But on the other hand, I wish you all the happinesses in your post-Shorthouse career. Look at it this way. You will grow younger every day. Trust me. On the other hand, I do have this message from the Secretary of Commerce in the Biden administration. He's very worried now about the probable economic downturn this fall because you won't be here in the States buying hot dogs and beer at all of our American venues. So when the Depression hits, just remember, it's all your fault. (laughs) All the best. Keith, of course, with a a nice reference to your diet, uh, take care of your body. It'll take care of you is your credo. So, Murph, uh, you, as the keeper of the Ketchup Chronicle, should weigh in here. Well, really, what people should know is that uh, it's usually uh, Shorthouse and Garrett going out for the lunches. He doesn't have a Twitter account, so he'll send me the pictures okay. and say, do you want to tweet this one out? So I am usually not with them, but I am just the person that passes on the pictures. 
And there's been some good videos of them ordering uh, Cheech wearing, you know, Burger King There's hats. three different. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they'll, yeah, there, there it go. is. Yeah. yeah. And they'll go to, uh, they can give their burger rankings, but every uh, game day at lunch. <laughs> and they make sure to go about 11 o'clock so you, you miss the lunchtime rush because they don't like to wait in line. But we also walk, so we get our steps in. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, there's that. And I hope you have Diet Coke as well. Um, anyone you have ever worked with, John, including me, knows that your number one qualifier for a good meal is uh, no utensils. Yes, so, I tried to do uh, that. This comes from Colin and Planning. What are the top three road cities for foods that don't need utensils? Oh, you can find some place in every city that doesn't <laughs> need can. utensils. And usually around around the hotels, too. Even the good hotels. And we stay at the Ritz in a lot of places, the Ritz in Dallas. But you can always find some place that you don't need utensils. Has that Abtronic ever worked for <laughs> yeah, you? Abtronic. I haven't used the Abtronic in a while. I fell asleep with it on one time, and I ended up doing 10,000 sit-ups, and I had big burn marks on my stomach. And it, it was, yes, it's hard to believe I haven't that's used you, the Abtronic. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. me. Um, We've got to get this in. Uh, this is from, uh, well, you'll see. Uh, hey, Scott, longtime listener, first-time caller. Can you ask Cheech why he intentionally jinxed my shutout streak that uh, one time versus Colorado? Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. That's from Strombone. Strombone. <laughs> yes. Yes. Roberto Luongo. And it was Patrick Waugh was the coach of Colorado at the time. And it was 3 nothing with two or three minutes left and all of a sudden Patrick is pulling the goaltender and I said on air I said the only reason he's pulling the goalie is for the shutout well let's listen here for a sec I didn't want to say it although the abs you get the puck in front of shop and McGinney scores gosh here you go 7.1 seconds left and the abs are on the board Oh, if you I can see him right now, folks, he's in the fetal position. He's in the fetal position beside me. It's ridiculous. Uh, oh. Just slap me. Yeah, oh so, uh, Shorty, what uh, side no. of Cheech's face did you pick? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I gave him both sides. I gave him a no. forehand and a backhand. <laughs> and he never did anything. Honestly, though, as a, as a member of the Goaltenders Union, I, I got to say, <laughs> I, I've never seen you look as nauseous as you did. Oh, I felt so bad. I felt, And you know, I'm not that superstitious, but when it comes to the goaltenders, uh, I do tend to say, well, you can't say shut out. And you, there are certain things that you don't do. And, and you did it. And I did it. Oh. Uh, that is, that was John Shorthouse, John Garrett, and Dan Murphy on After Hours celebrating the great career of John Shorthouse, John Garrett as the color commentator on the regional broadcast here. Now, it's not like he's leaving. Yeah. He'll still be calling games next year. Not, you know, a lot of Canucks games, but not regular regional role he's been having. And I believe during After Hours, Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim uh, declaring May 10th to be John Garrett Day. It's pretty awesome. That is pretty cool. It's May 10th. We have a John Garrett Day. 510. 510. There we go. I like it. We got, you know what? Do we, do we all have to eat hot dogs on? Oh, great idea. Right? Hot dogs with a lot of ketchup. Everybody like, take photos of your ketchup packages Ish. or whatever it is and post that on that day. I think uh, that's what you should be looking to do. Uh, you know what? We, I was going to go to some uh, post-game audio, but we have a couple of callers on the line as well. And, yeah, let's you know, let, let's, get, let's get their thoughts in here. Um, let's go to Vancouver where we have Nathan on the line. Nathan, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Good evening, boys. How are we doing? Good. We're the home stretch here, boys. Oh, got yeah. got three games left of your guys' epic takes and your banter. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Uh, I just wanted to talk about Jamco tonight with that lightning leather larceny, boys. Barely giving the Flames an inch. I thought it was going to be a shutout, but you know what? It probably would have been if we'd learned how to play defense. 
but that's for next year, boys. Uh, JT Miller, man, over the past 50 games, I feel like every game he gets better defensively. That play at the line to spring PD on that breakaway is just such good timing with the stick. Incredible. And I, you know what? I'm just, I'm really tired of reactionary fans talking about his attitude and his emotions on the bench. Like, that's his personality, man. Like, everybody is different in this world. Everyone understands that, you know what? Not everyone's going to get along with you, right? But you put in the work, which JT obviously has done, and I feel like he's just got to get that respect from some of the fan base. He also signed my jersey tonight, so props to him as well. Um, Calgary's offense is kind of whack. I'm not going to lie. Like, the, the Daryl Sutter hockey thing, it's kind of like the one-touch pass, and then you just fling it on net and just hope there's a rebound. Um, so I don't know if you guys have thoughts about that. And, um, yeah, Bedard, here we come, boys. Tank Sim says so. I had to run it like 10 times <laughs> to get first. Anyways, back to you, boys. All right, you got it. Uh, thanks for the phone call. That's Nathan calling in. And JT Miller, when JT is JT, right? I mean, uh, he's not going to change who he is and what he does and what he's going to be. But um, it does seem like... I don't know if people have turned around on him, come around on him, but it seems like he's not the big bad wolf he's made been made out to be. He's had a couple of interesting quotes. There was one quote he had uh, on the province uh, when asked about, you know, the message he had during Pride Night and what he talked about saying, you know, on the video about how hockey's for everyone it should be welcoming. And he's very aware of his, per- his yeah. perception. And people are like, well, I thought I was the a-hole here. People yeah. were surprised that I had to say that. He's like, oh, it was an important message. And there's been a lot of things that have happened over the while where he's kind of stepped up in, in a positive way. It seems like he may not be what he's been made out to be at times. Never thought he was. And again, it goes to the other thing we were talking about earlier is when you're winning, suddenly everything looks a bit rosier. When you're performing well, suddenly everyone's like, all right, cool. We, 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 we'll, we'll grant you a little bit of leeway when you're performing well. But it's, it's, it's fair commentary when you're going through stretches where you're not putting up any points and it looks petulant. But people will, will give you the grace when you're performing like he has, as he was just mentioning, for the past 50 games, it's been really good. And so a moment like that the other night, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Players react in a moment. I'd like to see him stay on the bench, but t- to the point, it's working on it. That, to me, is progress. And so long as you're working in the right direction, I can live with it. Yes. Uh, I mean... That's the biggest thing. Like, are you making incremental improvements, actually? And do you have the respect of your teammates? And, and those are the real important factors here. All right, let's get one more phone call in here before we call it an evening. Let's go to Poco, where we have James on the line. James, uh, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? James. Uh, maybe Keith. It's Keith here. Yeah, it's Keith. Okay, hey, Keith. How's oh, going? yeah. Sorry, Sat, because I remember I met you and Sat back in the day at the sports bar. So, long time, no talk. You guys oh, yeah. are doing great. I didn't know Ken Sim called it John Garrett Day. I'm, I'm so for that. The main thing I called is back before Horvat was called the captain, I actually ran into his dad at one of the hockey games around Christmas. Remember, because everybody saw him on, the, on the, the dad trip, and everybody recognized him, so I got a picture with him. And I was like, he was very humble, because I, I knew Horvat was going to be the captain, right? Right. And, and he was so humble. So I hope Horvat wasn't talking about me when he's talking about the Vancouver fans. Anyway, I love Horvat. I think it was a good deal for us to get a, some assets out of him. I don't necessarily agree with them training for Ronick, but we'll see how that works out. I think Hughes would be a great option for captain, even though you know I wear the PD jersey. And I got the 
the uh, you know the military uh, warm up jersey from my buddy at hockey. So that's cool. I like to represent PD. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to call in for the last game of the season because I don't check out. I listen even if I haven't called in and texted in a while, guys. I always listen to you all the time at work and everything. Guys, Attaboy. keep up the great work and great post game show. <laughs> great honor to be the last caller for the last home game of the season. Go Canucks! Go! Woo! You got it. That is Keith calling in. Uh, great stuff as always from Keith and all you listening and being part of the post-game show. And this brings us to the very end of the show. And uh, we've had a lot of fun here this evening, as always, interacting with you and breaking down the Canucks game and everything else going on with this club. And we'll be back again for three more games before the season is out. Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, the Canucks go on a three-game road trip to fill out the 82-game schedule this season. And, Bick, what's happening on Monday on the People's Show? Batches on. Batches on. It's Monday. It's Monday. It's Monday. Yeah, I think we got Frank Valley and Don Taylor, plus Canucks game day. Yeah, it's game day. And LA Kings. Plus, I'm sure we'll talk about Orvet's comments. (laughs) It'll still be burning strong come Monday. I know. And, you know, know, Michelle texted in and said uh, it, it was ridiculous for us to to talk about the simple comments made by poor bad and that we're promoting negative emotional propaganda in the broadcast I'm saying like let's go home I'm just saying 80% of our text messages are this and people calling the first caller we had prompted us to talk about it all I'm saying is this is what fans are talking about that's it have a good evening everybody I'm gonna pull a Kenny Smith it's over <laughs> it's over it's done have a good night bye this is the Canucks on the Post Game Show on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650.